1: The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up next Monday, October 7th, from noon to 3 at SoundSleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. We're here at America First Credit Union. Stop by and see us, 3499 South State Street. Bring in a couple of cans of food, and we'll hook you up with a pair of jazz tickets to Saturday's preseason opener, Uh, just for doing some good. So big thanks to them for having us
2: out. Yeah, it's a win-win. It's a win for you. You get your jazz tickets. You get to feel good about helping the community. And the food obviously goes to good good usage to people who are in need. Gordon, the road to contention continues on. And by the way, with all these
1: interviews, they'll be available with the Big Joe Podcasts. Just simply go to your favorite podcast catcher, search out The Big Show. Give us a little subscribe. You'll get uh, all of our material, but you'll certainly get all these player interviews we're doing on the road to contention. Uh, Donovan Mitchell yesterday and today, Gordon, we're going to hear from Rudy Gobert.
2: We're just sort of glossing over the uh, the stars on the team, huh? <laughs> we're, we're starting this thing off with a bang. yeah. No, you got Donovan, like you said, yesterday and Rudy today. Those are the two main characters.
0: All right, let's get to it. Here's Rudy Gobert. Hours practicing an 82 game regular season, diamond, and he it. three playoff rounds, Rudy Gobert with a left hand hammer, all for one goal, a shot at the NBA title. The Big Show has you covered every step of the way. This is the road to contention on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
3: We're here with Rudy Gobert on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Rudy, how are you?
4: I'm great. How, uh, how's these first couple of days of camp gone? How are you feeling about your game? Uh, feeling great. You know, Feeling great about the team. Uh, personally, I'm feeling great physically and mentally. So, you know, just uh, excited. Excited to, to get it started. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen, it's been two great, great days of practice. How much different is it this year as opposed to last with new faces who are going to be playing key roles? Uh, I mean, obviously, we have a lot of new guys, but I, I don't feel like it's that different. You know, the new guys got a, a lot to take in, you know, in, uh, in this training camp and, you know, in these few weeks before the season starts. And, uh, you know, coach has, has done a great job, you know, uh, kind of like telling them and showing them about our values and about, uh, you know, the thing that we want to do with every night. Uh, Mike Conley was saying that he's thrown more lobs in these first few practices than he thinks he has over his entire career. <laughs> How how is he? Is he getting good at him? Uh, he's been great. I mean, I know I know Mike is a guy that is uh, very unselfish, and he can see the court. And uh, I mean, he's been playing with some some different kind of players than, than myself. You know, guys like Mark Azor that... You know, doesn't maybe jump as much, but he's a a very good player, but in a different different way. So it's uh, it's been uh, it's gonna be some some adjustment to do for him, and uh, and I think it's it's gonna be easy. Adding some guys like Mike, like Bojan, that can really shoot the ball, should create some space for you, I would guess. What does that do for your game? Uh, It makes I would say everything easier. uh, You know, when I roll to the basket. They have to make decisions, you know, and, and then it's on, the, it's on the, whoever has the ball to, you know, make the right play. But, uh, you know, if Boyan's guy come, comes comes in the paint, Boyan's going to be wide open and he's probably the best guy in the league knocking down the shots. So, you know, it's going to be going to be on the guard and uh, we're going to put a lot of pressure on the, on the defense, that's for sure. I have a funny memory
3: of you from a few years ago uh, when you were just, you know, kind of balling out and coming on to storming onto the scene. I think it was three years ago, maybe your second year third year in the league maybe and I I said hey is, are you playing at your absolute best right now and you said no which really surprised me he said I'm in my third year I got a long way to go and, and from then on I've kind of been paying attention to your want to improve so with that in mind what do you want to
4: improve still uh, I think I mean I think everything I don't wanna, I don't think there's an area when I'm a the absolute best you know I am I think I'm the best defensive player in the league but I feel like I can still improve you know so I'm coming in every year every summer to try to improve and uh, you know and uh, every year is a new opportunity you know to show to show my progress and to help the team even more Uh, My co-host Gordon Monson
3: wrote a column about uh, you and Donovan, and he he used a quote from you talking about how the franchise is building around you two. How does that make you feel as a person?
4: Do you take a lot of pride in that? Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity. Uh, It's a blessing to 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 have this franchise believe in us as they do, and. uh, and you know, I think uh, we I think we deserve it. You know, I think we put the work in and, and and I think at the end of the day we everyone wants to win. And you know, when you have guys that want to win, you, you you try to make sure that, you know, these guys are surrounded by a great group of guys that that's gonna, you know, make them better and and, and also it's honest to make all these guys better to to achieve this goal. What was China like? China like. It was great. I mean, he, obviously, we didn't get what we wanted, but, you know, I think it was a great uh, great tournament for us, and, uh, you know, I think uh, even though, you know, it's not always easy in China, I think it was a good experience. Did you like your role
3: offensively on the on the French national team? It seemed like they weren't afraid to dump the ball into
4: you and let you go to work a little. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's every game was different. You know, I think we... You know and we had a few games at the end when uh, I would say there was a lot of pressure and you know we didn't always make the right decisions but the, the good thing is that we have a very unselfish group and you know, like I said, when you have a group of guys that wants to win, uh, it's never going to be perfect. But you know, I think uh, I think the the future of our, of our team is, is great.
3: Uh, talk about personal goals this year for you. Do you. Is is it to win another Defensive
4: Player of the Year? Is it the uh, stats? Do you set those types of things this time of year? Well, I mean, I want to win championship. That's the number one goal. And then, you know, of course, I think uh, I think uh, I want to stay uh, I want to stay the best, being the best. Fan of the league and to me it comes from, you know being one of the best defensive teams in the league and having kind of the same impact I've had in the past, even better, you know, and uh, and like I said, keep being a leader and uh and, uh, and just just dominate on both ends. You know, I asked a similar question to Donovan Mitchell yesterday,
3: and he had a similar answer. Just to win is the number one goal. Do you feel like you've got a
4: team of guys that, that share that mentality? Yeah, and that's what I can feel, you know, from the first day of practice. You know, we, we're we having fun, but uh, we have we have the focus and the toughness, you know, and even though we're having fun, you can tell that we're all on the same page and we all have the same goal, and, you know, it's not a... It's not every team that you can tell that has that, that, that vibe that, you know, like we, we have a mission and we, we have a goal and, you know, we we all here for the same goal and we all have individual stuff and, you know, it's always going to be like that, but not, none of our individual stuff comes before the team and uh, I think everyone in this group understands that.
3: Well, Rudy, I can't thank you enough for a few minutes. Good luck with everything, man.
4: Thank you.
2: Rudy Gobert. Center for the Utah Jazz. Great job there, Jake. Uh, fascinating personality. Fascinating drive. Fascinating character. I mean, you know, I mean, if every player in the league had his mentality, can you imagine However, whatever set of skills or talents a player had, if he had that mindset, I think the league would be in a pretty good place.
1: I really liked his his answer about can he improve, and his mind immediately went to, well, I'm not the best in the world at everything, <laughs> and then said, I I think I am the best in the world at defense, but I could even still get better there too. <laughs> I thought that was such a like a great Rudy type answer, like he he's never going to be satisfied with one thing or another. Mm. I mean, when he's the best player at everything basketball skill on the planet that's when he's going to be
2: satisfied well he's 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 a proud man you know it's easy to forget that he's like 27 years old because he has a, a very mature mindset and he is proud and uh i think he does get mad when he's disrespected and it pushes him further like many of the greats through the years have done uh, but when he says that the team has the same attitude he does, that I, I don't think Rudy would say that if it weren't true. No, that's a, that's a really good sign. Because remember, remember a couple of years ago when somebody, he didn't mention a player by name, but one of the players, he said he's more concerned about his... Uh, oh, his contract? Yeah, uh-huh. or, or his, his personal stats and all right. that. I think it was Rudy who said that, if I'm remembering correctly. And I, I don't think he... I don't think he accepts that. No. No, that doesn't mean a hill of beans (laughs) in in Rudy's mind. No, I don't think he was all that happy when he got benched in the playoffs against Houston. I mean, because these guys want to play. They don't want to play. But he had to understand the mentality behind it. And when he said that everyone has to put the team goals ahead of their own personal goals, uh Yeah, that goes for everybody, himself included. Well, and
1: he's got enough money in the bank by a long ways now that if that's his opinion, it has to be adhered to in that locker room. I'm serious. I mean, that's the the type of work ethic like, uh, you know, Carl Malone spread that through the locker room when he was there. That's why he was so disgusted with Greg Ostertag, because you had to come adapt to his mentality because he was the leader of the team. And if you wanted to play for the Utah Jazz you better meet Carl's standards. And Rudy, Rudy is that for the team. And not that, say, John Stockton wasn't or Donovan Mitchell isn't, but that mentality is going to spread to everybody because Rudy has the clout where he can hold them to that standard internally. And that's that's, that's a, a big deal. That's a really big deal. It gets back to our whole Tim Duncan thing. He set the tone for that San Antonio locker room. So if you came in there, you had to fall
2: in line. Because Tim was the man. Especially at the defensive end, Jake, because I've heard multiple players, Rudy included, say that if you don't play defense on this team, there's no place for you here. And Rudy's a big part of that. right? And when, when he says, I think you're right. I think this thing that you're talking about is growing within him and will continue to do so. And if the Jazz ever get to the point where they are winning a championship, uh, I, I, it's just, it's going to be the same. All the teammates will look at the leaders, namely Rudy and Donovan, and maybe Mike, and others, as as just their their word is gold. And when he said that,
1: uh, it was controversial when he said that about that mystery player mm-hmm. that he was out there playing for himself. I think we his, have a, a good stance.
2: idea as to who he was referring to. I, I th-
1: Boy George, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh. I think that might have been a little early in his career to do something like that because he was still a fairly young player at but that point. He was emerging. But exactly and and it showed you that he wasn't afraid to do it. Mhm. That he was and and calling out a veteran on that particular team like that. I mean that takes a lot of uh guts or <laughs> onions as you put it yesterday for a young player to to do that. And I thought it was actually a a healthy thing. I thought it was a good step for Rudy. But it might have been, I guess my point is now at his career, two-time
2: defensive player of the year. I mean, when Rudy says stuff like that, you have to listen. And every new Jazz player that we have interviewed uh, since they've arrived, we have asked about Rudy. And every one of them, one of the first things they say, defensive player of the year. Yeah. And with that comes great respect. Yeah. Rudy doesn't demand it, but he does command it. His play commands it. And uh, so I, I really believe that. Now, I would be the skeptical type, Jake, and I think you are too, that when you hear guys talk about this unselfishness, this idea about team first and all that, Ordinarily, you and I probably roll our eyes at that. But I really believe it with this team. We'll see if it, uh, if it uh, realizes itself out on the floor. But I don't think Rudy's going to allow somebody, and I don't think Donovan, I don't, Mike Conley. I don't think Quinn Snyder will allow it. If you see somebody out there playing hero ball and just jacking shots up or missing defensive assignments, they're going to hear about it. And it probably will be in full view of everybody watching.
1: Well, that's, I think that's the tone, you know, you bring up Coach Schneider. I think that's what his system uh, requires is you to be unselfish and you to be a part of the team. I mean, it's that whole ball movement concept. And it's, it's the whole reason he didn't get upset at uh, Jay Crowder for taking open shots because Jay was doing everything else right. He earned those shots. Yeah, everybody else hated it. Yeah. but uh, I, Well, we all cringed at times. But there's a reason that he didn't put his foot down mm-hmm. because you're going to get your opportunities if you go out there and do what the coach is asking
2: of you. In fact, Quinn liked uh, Jay Crowder's overall effect on the team. Whoa, 100%. Yeah. 100%. He was he was great in that locker
1: room he was uh, exactly what the team needed in other areas and yeah sometimes it would get a little hard to watch him uh, you know put up some shots that maybe weren't you know didn't meet everybody's approval but there there was a reason he was allowed to shoot those shots because he earned them if he wasn't doing those
2: other things correctly he wouldn't be playing. That's why I think that on on this particular team, and maybe many others, I don't know, when you're busting your hump at the defensive end and you're doing everything you can in ball movement and whatnot, when you get the open look and you shoot it and you miss it, you're not going to see Quinn Snyder freak out over that. no. And you're not going to see teammates freak out over it either. Because all the other things, the shots are going to come and go. I think you're going to see them come and go in a little more. Often this season, because of the guys who are going to be taking those shots, but I, I don't think people, uh, professionals, uh, who are concentrating on other things, are going to freak out too much when the, when the freaking ball doesn't always you know uh, tickle the twine.
1: Well, kind of what we're talking about is another reason why I would hate to be uh, teammates of a really. Um, like James Harden, who's just going to dominate the ball and dominate the ball and dominate the ball. You know, offense is fun. Defense sucks. But can you imagine being a teammate of that guy? It's like, okay, I'm going to go stand around and do nothing on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball. Totally feel like I'm not part of the team. And then you expect me to go back on the other side and play, do the dirty work. play blistering defense? Yeah, no thanks. But if you play blistering defense and that gives you the right to participate on offense and you're going to actually get some opportunity and the ball's going to move, I mean, it gives you a little more incentive, a little more pep to play on the other side of the ball. It's, it's, it's really brilliant if you think about
2: it. And it's to the, it's to the team's overall uh, good effect. It is. Uh, that, that, that's the bottom line here. So, yeah, uh, Rudy, Rudy has a big impact on this team. And Why? He's earned it. He uh, he's the best defensive player on the planet. I I you know I, I know who Joel Embiid might disagree with that, or who else? Who else was sort of protesting that a little bit? Well, a, Draymond Green, Draymond Green, Miles Turner, maybe. I don't know, there are a few guys out there. Can't remember exactly who, but but Rudy's the man.
1: All right, we're going to get that interview up online at 1280thezone.com. Nice job there, Jake. Thanks, Gordon. Man. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks to the Jazz for helping setting it up, Derek Gardunio and the gang. But uh, we'll get that up online, and it'll be in podcast form as well. Uh, remember, uh, give The Big Show a subscribe. Search out The Big Show on uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, you can get all of our material, but uh, that, of course, will be up there. We are live today. America First Credit Union. It's uh, we do this every year. It's the annual food drive, and Tyler joins us once again. And boy, it seems like we've had listeners coming out in droves, man. It's got to be busy in there.
5: Uh, we just gave away our last pair of free tickets. How so we about had it? 100 tickets, so we're down to zero. So I want to encourage people to come out. We've got the drawing for the lower bowl tickets against the Nets. Um, so uh, even if you're you're swinging by and have some cans, we'd love you to still swing in and, and get you entered to win there.
1: We need to get to that 15,000 pounds, right. man. We need everybody's help.
5: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's not just about tickets, right? It's about something bigger than that.
1: You bet. And this is something that, I mean, this is your 15th year in a row doing this. I mean, this
2: is something you guys are passionate about.
5: Yes, absolutely. So we, we want to we see people keep uh, fun through those doors for the next 45 minutes or so here.
2: Did you say a total of 178,000 over the 15 years? Not bad. That's helping a whole lot of people out that's there right. who need food. Absolutely. And, and you guys, uh,
1: you know, you're a big part of the community. That's kind of the, the reason why you do this.
5: Yes, yeah. We, we love being integrated in the community and, and doing good things, and uh, we're, we're appreciative of everyone that's come out today, and we want to see that continue on here for the next little bit.
1: Well, thanks for letting us be a part of it, Tyler. We Thank appreciate you, guys. It. Appreciate you. All right, come see us, 3499 South State Street. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
5: I just one
1: Somewhere around Pagosa Springs Both of them looking at me Gaglin my we at- Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Homie buying or selling a home. Homie will get up to uh, $5,000 back to help with your closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. We're live at America First Credit Union, 3499 South State Street. We do want to say all the jazz tickets are, are gone. We've had such a tremendous response, but the food drive continues on. So, unfortunately, uh, no more tickets. But Come in and help anyway. Bring in uh, cans. Uh, they're trying to uh, they're trying to gather fifteen thousand pounds of food to donate to the food bank, Gordon. So, still need our listeners' help. And big thanks to all the listeners who've already come down and helped. Yes and yes. You know, uh, speaking of that game on Saturday, Gordon, first preseason game. What what is kind of the. What is kind of the number one thing you're going to look for in that game? Granted, we're not going to be able to learn a ton, but I, I feel like seeing everybody on the floor at the same time, we're going to be able to learn something.
2: Well, to use a Quinn Snyder term, connectivity. How is everybody connecting?
1: Which I mean, is probably is he, not going to be perfect, obviously. Well, it's not. It
2: won't be. Uh, but uh, you, you said it earlier in talking with Mike Conley that he he's never thrown so many... High passes, lobs to uh, before in his career, and so there's something new, and uh, the terminology, all of that is somewhat new. So I think you will see cases of possessions where where uh, there's like a there's a second hesitation, or somewhere where they have to process it before they pull it off, and that will dissipate over time. I think so. I I want to see.
1: I want to see the in immediate impact of a spread floor. Because it's just not something that we've seen with the Jazz. It's been manufactured, and we've said that a lot. But they've done a good job manufacturing a spread floor. Well, now, I mean, the, the, the floor should be spread from tip. I mean, you've got to respect all
2: those guys. So, so how does it look? How, how is it different? So what's the overall effect when those guys like Boyan Bogdanovich are hitting shots? from deep uh and joe ingles is uh, has an opportunity to shoot those shots and mike conley has an opportunity to shoot. donovan mitchell and then rudy gobert who's who's going to be left alone with a single defender rolling to the basket
1: we brought that up yep. with rudy he was licking his shot. oh he's going to have so much space i i know you're the one for pronouncements gordon but he's going to break that dunk record
2: yeah, I, I would expect so. Well,
1: I think he's going to break his own record. Even though everybody
2: knows, all the teams are well aware of it. It's uh, well documented, and they've experienced it. But they're not going to have a big uh, choice in the matter. They're, they. I mean, unless Rudy is scoring 30 points a game, just dunk after dunk after dunk, then they'll go ahead and uh, use, utilize more resources to slow that down. But if they do, they'll do it at their own peril. Because, like, Dante Exum, Dante Exum, you don't hear NBA players talk that way very often where he's just blown away by a new teammate's ability to shoot the ball. Yeah, and he was today with Boyan. yep. It's just like, wow, yeah, that Dante. guy can shoot. Dante <laughs> I mean, was that. starstruck with you, that shooting. You hear that at the high school level, you hear it at the college level, usually not so much at the pro level, but uh, we heard it today. We
1: did, and, uh, you know. It's it's gonna have a it's gonna have a big impact, and then that Mike Conley is another really good ball handler. It's who can also shoot the ball. I mean, and a big theme of Mike's kind of conversation today is he's he's going to share a lot of that ball handling duties and he's going to play off the ball and it's going to be this is going to be a really positionless outside of Rudy fluid jazz offense which is going to be really fascinating to watch
2: in conjunction with what you were talking about as far as the spread floor goes as that floor spreads and as defenders have to stay home on on jazz players then the other thing to watch for is how often does Donovan Mitchell take his defender to the rack. How often does Mike Connolly do that? Because when you see those quicker players, those more athletic players, when they see the floor spread wide open like that, they are going to take it to the rim and dunk. I mean, it's just like too tempting for them not to do that. And so they have to pick their spots on that because you can't do it too often because help is going to come. But And if it does come, then how is Donovan seeing the floor? How is Mike seeing the floor as far as delivering the ball where it needs to go so that uh, he doesn't beat his first man and then find himself in a traffic jam down low? Well, let's
1: talk a little bit about your column, Gordon. And I wanted to ask Rudy about that quote because I I thought your column was good today. And I think it's an important kind of conversation that the, the Jazz are building around Rudy and Donovan. And and that's something And his answer to the question I thought was great. That's something he takes tremendous pride in that uh, they see enough in him that that they want to build around him. But talk a little bit about your column, because I think you made an important point.
2: Well, essentially, it's a, with all the changes the Jazz have made and all this new talent that they've brought in, especially at the offensive end, the overall effect that will have, it's still going to come down to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I think, in crunch time. They are still going to have to be the major stars. Last year, Donovan Mitchell scored 23.8 points a game. If he hadn't had a slower start, he would have gotten more. Than- that. He will get more than that this year, I believe. Same thing with Rudy Gobert. You talked about breaking the dunk record. I think that is just a, a, a formality. It's going to happen. And so uh, when you talk about guys like Boyan Bogdanovich and you talk about Mike Conley and you talk about Jeff Green and, and Moody and, and the rest, at uh, Davis, Uh, Talk about the effect that they're going to have on the Jazz. Then you think, okay, well, then the importance on Rudy and Donovan isn't as great as it once was. But it's the exact opposite because the expectation for this team is so much higher. Not just from the outside in, but from the inside out. And so who, somebody has to be willing to take over in those moments when the Jazz are going up against the Clippers or the Jazz are going up against the Warriors or the Jazz are going up against the Rockets. There has to be sort of that rudder, those, those, those players that everyone looks to. And so in my mind, that's still Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I think you're right on the
1: money. Um, it, it. your column today sparked a memory in, in my mind um, For back to last year Gordon we did a show, it had to be sometime around December, it was before Donovan's season took a turn for the better and it was when the Jazz were struggling a little bit and our conversation was who's got to step it up and my answer was Donovan Mitchell and your response aptly was well he's playing against three players on every possession how's he supposed to get it done And it was a great question. But my response was still, well, he's the best player on the team, so he's got to figure it out. And he's got to be the one to go out there and get it done. And then not coincidentally in my mind, the season took a a much better turn in January when Donovan
2: really started playing better. But then ultimately they run into the Houston Rockets in the first round of the playoffs, and we saw what happened. And and this is something Dennis... Confessed, essentially, yeah. that they weren't good enough. Donovan needed help. It was too much of an ask. He couldn't take over, and, and for good reason. I mean, he's playing a very good team, and he couldn't beat three guys. And I guess my point is,
1: is that it will be easier for him to be the man this year because you can't do that to him. You can't guard him with three guys because the Jazz are going to make you pay if you do that. Right. Other teams can't do that. So I think that the responsibility is still there, but interestingly enough, I think it'll be easier for him. It'll, that role is more set up for him this year, and I think it'll be fascinating to see how
2: much and how he takes advantage of that. It's, so it's, it's almost as though, Jake, that the Jazz would be happy if teams continue to try to do the same things to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, at least what the Rockets were trying to do there, because if they do, they think that the valuable aspect of those players drawing so much attention is going to open it up for Mike Conley and Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles, and last year was just Joe, Yep. but this time they've got all this other additional firepower. Jeff Green you can fit into this Those other guys will bury you. If you do that, they'll bury you. And so it'll be too punitive. So teams won't be able to do it. And if they try to do it or even try to do it over stretches, they're going to find out they can't. And so then they're going to make adjustments. You have to, in my opinion, and, and maybe we ask, uh, you know, Britton
1: or, or a former player when we when we get them on a little bit more about this. But my opinion, defenses have com- have to completely change their game plan for the Utah Jazz uh, as opposed to what they did for the past couple well, of years. Well, last year was can't shoot. Can't shoot. Don't leave Joe. Everything you got at Donovan yep. and uh, uh, cheat on Rudy when he rolls to the basket. Right. I mean, that was pretty much it. That was pretty
2: much. And that it. was enough. If you had enough talent on your team like the Rockets did this time around, <laughs> okay, this is what's going to be uh, kind of
1: entertaining to right. watch. You know, you can't do some of those automatic switches and those sorts of things that plague
2: the Jazz in the past. Right. And or so you're going to get buried. And so, what happens when Donovan Mitchell gets the ball comes to him and he is a single defender between him and the basket? He's going to beat him. How many guys are capable of slowing him down? Maybe if, uh, I, I don't know, uh, think about the, def- maybe if Draymond Green jumps on him, that might be difficult for him to do. I, I don't know, but Kawhi. If Kawhi jumps on him, I, I, I get it that there are challenges that will be difficult. But most guys cannot stay with Donovan Mitchell. Most guys can't stay with Mike Conley,
1: right? And so you know, pick your poison is an overused cliche in sports, but that's that's what it's going to be. Defending the Utah Jazz. So as long Ru- as guys live up to their
2: potential, yeah. I mean, that's why everybody's so excited about this roster. So you got Rudy rolling to the basket. You got Bogdanovich. Postin, uh, you got him uh, spotting up out on the th- uh, for the corner three. Uh-huh. You got Joe Ingles on the other side, and then you got Mike Conley and you got uh, Donovan Mitchell. Now, what are you going to do? Who are you going to double? And who are you going to leave open? That's the idea. You take away, you, quiz,
1: you
5: make it yet. so
2: there's, you make it so there's <laughs> no good option. <laughs> Let's see, who would you rather leave open? Boyan Bogdanovich or Jay Crowder. Hmm. Mm, that's close. Or, or Joe Ingles or Derek Favors. Again, tight one, but. And then if you have a single defender on Mike Conley and a single defender on Donovan Mitchell, I mean, our, our listeners are pretty smart. And jazz fans have seen a lot of basketball through the years. They get it, man. They know that this is, this is going to be fun. And all those years in the past when we've talked about the Jazz's defense and how it, it, that was going to be dependent on for more than the lion's share of, uh, of the advancement the Jazz make. Well, guess what? This time around, both ends of the floor are going to be very interesting. And Mike Conley, uh, we hadn't touched on this in his media availability
1: today. He was talking about playing with Rudy, and, of course, he mentioned the lobs. But then he also mentioned Rudy's ability to set a screen. Yeah. And Mike, uh, Mike kind of lit up on that, talking about, yeah, Rudy can really screen. And if, if you can't go under every screen that Rudy sets, I mean, that that's a curious dilemma right there. I mean, would you go over or would you go under? On uh, Rudy setting a screen for Mike Conley, or any of those guys? I mean, I'm going over. Mike Conley well, that is certainly, ain't easy either. You no, know, he's certainly good enough that he can he can splash
2: one if you decide to go under. Yeah. So I think you got to go over on that. I, I think, as we talk about all this, I think he will challenge Donovan to shoot the outside shot. Oh, man. I I I think you're 100 percent right. We'll see if he can increase that efficiency number a little bit, that percentage. And and he'll need to.
1: And we asked him about being more efficient yesterday and making right decisions and those sorts of things. But, uh, you know, if that's if that's your game plan against the Jazz, is you're going to leave Donovan Mitchell open,
2: well, yeah. you're probably going to lose. <laughs> well, this is what we're expecting. Now, sometimes there's a slip betwixt the lip and the cup. But uh, like I said, Jazz fans, it's going to be fun to watch. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Um,
1: I I found an interesting stat from a Pac-12 school that I think you fans will appreciate uh, what their athletic directors have done over the past several years. We'll get to that coming up right around the corner. Live at America First Credit Union. Uh, 3499 South State Street. Uh, pay us a visit. Uh, donate some cans of food. It's their 15th annual food
2: drive. And I got bad news for BYU fans. But, I had mean, a lot of that this week. About but time. It's, it's just piling on. No, no. Separate from all of that, and maybe some BYU fans will take great pride in this. But there are a lot of people out. Th- well, I don't want to ruin the tease. All right, I, just
1: brace yourself. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.
0: This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. We don't like Wednesday. I feel like this Utah performance, the one we just saw, is the real use. I feel like that's the one we're going to see almost every single game the rest of the way out. It's hard to duplicate that, but the physicality, I think we're going to see that almost every game. And even though they'll play teams that I think are physically tougher in Washington State, I think Utah, maybe not 38-13, to will win almost every single one of those physical battles soundly. I think the way that they prepared all week for Washington State... And then the way they performed can really light something and, and reignite what they feel about themselves and their capabilities. Mm-hmm. And that can carry on, that can carry through. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live at America First Credit Union, 3499 South State Street. Bring in some food. It's their 15th annual Food Drive. Gordon, let me, let me hit you with this real quick, and then you can pile on BYU fans. All, all right. right, man. Uh, I was reading through an interview that uh, John Canzano from uh, The Oregonian did with Scott Barnes, the athletic di- uh, director at Oregon State. Yes. Of course, Scott Barnes used to be the AD at Utah State as well. Mm-hmm. But did you know that Oregon State is running a $40 million deficit as an athletic program? What? $40 million bucks? And here was his quote on the debt. He said, quote, huge obstacle. I'm really proud of our staff and everybody's involvement in mitigating that deficit. 2020 will be close to, but not there, close to balanced. That's light years away from where we were years ago. (laughs) Wow. So they're years away from just being balanced? What absolute crook is, I mean, in today's day and age of college football, where it is a windfall of cash like we have never seen in the history of college athletics, how on earth are you running a $40 million deficit? And you wonder why, uh, you know, programs like Utah that have been pretty fiscally responsible enough to invest a million dollars a year in recruiting, for example, are better on the football field. That is
2: that is horrendous. Horrendous. Does that have to do with the fact that Oregon State doesn't have big-time boosters who are donating? I don't know. I don't know what they're spending their money
1: on. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean... You... It certainly isn't translating into wins. I mean, if your athletic department is making... You know, what was the, the check for television revenue alone last year? It's a lot. What, 30, 40 million bucks, When then? Something like that. How are you $40 million in the hole? What are you doing? Somebody isn't running things right. And he referred to their stadium as a crumbling investment <laughs> earlier in the interview. <laughs> oh, brother. But, I, you know, we talk about all this money in college sports, and it's, it's like any other business. I mean, you've got to be... You've got to be responsible and strategic in in what you invest in, and I don't have a forty billion dollar deficit. I wonder pr- why pr- Oregon pr- State sucks proud, at
2: everything. I'm proud, Jake, that you've come around to putting the money where it should go. Um, oh, just, you you're going to go know. that well? I hate Oregon- amateurism. Pay
1: those college athletes. The Oregon State can't afford it. <laughs> They're forty million in the they're hole too, with free labor. They're, they're, <laughs> Who are you yelling at? It that's your opinion. Uh, oh, bro! I hate all amateurism. Right. Pay those college athletes. Indeed.
2: <laughs> all right, you want to pile on yes. BYU fans? Now? All right, BYU <laughs> fans. I, I really don't mean to pile on here, and, and maybe you take some pride in this, actually. But there was this massive survey done uh, amongst college sports uh, across all sports. But in the college basketball realm, uh, they surveyed over 13,000 sports fans, asking them which team bugs them the most. Okay. Here are the 10 college basketball teams that bug fans absolutely the most. Okay. All right. Number one, who do you think? Uh, Duke. Duke. Number two is Kentucky. Number three is North Carolina. Number four is Michigan. Number five is Michigan State. Number six is Kansas. Number seven, the Ohio State. And number eight, BYU. Really? In college basketball? Number nine is Arizona. Number 10 is Indiana. So BYU right there in heady company. Apparently, your basketball team bugs fans the most. That bugs. That makes no sense to me,
1: because all those other programs you listed uh, are like powerhouse programs
2: for the most part, and BYU basketball has not been that. No, and maybe you could take it as a compliment, but maybe not. I don't know. What is it about BYU's basketball team that's bugging people? I don't know. It's, it's only for all so these years Dave Rose was a classy guy. He wasn't uh, stemming from the coach. Is it what? Is it Jimmer Jealousy? Is it... But Jimmer was a long time ago now. Is it, uh, you know, certain guys on the team that have gotten in fights uh, and been kind of feisty? and I I, You wouldn't expect a West Coast Conference team to show up on that. No, or I wouldn't, anyway. There they are, number eight, hmm. BYU. Wow. Something tells me that that's not exactly what the Brethren up there on, uh, on uh, South uh, North Temple or whatever it is, what those guys had in mind no yeah, probably not I, well, they, I don't they, think they, they, they didn't, didn't want to invest in sports so that people would be bugged yeah I, I don't know it, it doesn't feel to me like they should be on that list well there they are how about that hmm. plain as plain as day now I got to admit that Duke is substantially more hated than BYU well yeah everybody hates Duke who's not a
1: Duke fan <laughs> there's the Duke fans and then everybody that hates Duke. But that's the thing. It's because they win all the time, and they get all the advantages, and they're on TV constantly.
2: And they, they seem to be, don't Duke do basketball players to some extent, uh, aren't they thought of as being sort, sort of entitled? Uh-huh, they have that reputation. No, I don't think it's probably true in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, there you are, BYU number eight. You're in a top ten in something. Wow, well, how about that? You uh, This... And the Cougarettes, Hmm. apparently, or you know, the national champs in that. And volleyball, what do you call volleyball? What do you call that? The drill team? Is that drill? No, the Cougarettes aren't a drill team. The dance team? Dance team. Yeah. You couldn't think of the words dance team. (laughs) I don't know what they call those squads. Spirit team? I don't. I don't know. I think they call them national champions.
1: I'll tell you what, that bit they did with Cosmo a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was pretty was good, wasn't it? One of the freaking coolest things ever. Yeah. Uh, turns out the cat can dance. The cat can move. Yes, he can. And then was it last year where the, the head flew off when he was <laughs> doing a flip? Do you remember that?
2: <laughs> that's uh, when the identity is supposed to be hidden. That's yeah, a little the, the, unfortunate.
1: I think it was flipping. I'll have to Google it. But he was doing a flip, and all of a sudden the head just... <laughs> <laughs> Flying off. I lost his head, huh? All right, live from America First Credit Union here in South Salt Lake, 3499 South uh, State Street. Uh, We'll have more big show coming up next. Stay
0: tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. this, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder. You're certainly capturing a lot of national attention. I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but when you become a little bit of the hunted and not the hunter, do you worry about a mindset of a team coming into a season? Well, I, To be honest with you, we were picked third in the West last year. I don't think we're picked third in the West this year, so I don't know if we're being hunted
1: or
5: we're hunting. Or I hope we get hunted a little bit because yeah. that gives you urgency. I and mean, I hope we do some hunting too because yeah. uh-huh. I think with that, whatever the external perceptions are you know however we process that it's important for our focus to be on maximizing who we are and that doesn't mean you don't have goals you know ideally we have high goals and you know enthusiasm for those
0: but the way to get there is to kind of dig in catch hands and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
1: Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 12.8 of the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we want to say a big thanks to America First Credit Union for having us out as their 15th annual food drive. And it always does my heart good, Gordon, to see the terrific response from our listeners. They just, uh, they're here to give, and we can't say thank
2: you enough. Every single time. Every time we put a call out for any good cause, balls knocked down the park. They rally right around there. it, man. Yep. It's,
1: it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool to see, and uh big thanks. makes us proud to be a part of the whole
2: thing you know 100 uh, because our listeners always finish strong in this regard and we've seen it across all different areas of need all different areas of giving it's just impressive uh we've
1: talked a lot of uh well we've hit a lot today gordon we talked a lot of basketball uh we had that interview with rudy gobert uh, had a interview with David Locke. Thought David was terrific. You can get those at twelve eighty thezone dot uh, com. We talked some youth football with Frank Dolce. talked we
2: did. some BYU football in the three o'clock hour. Yeah, yeah. all good stuff. Are you sure you don't want me to review the nicknames that I have for the jazz players? Uh, yeah, have we uh, you know spent that? Is that is that burnt now?
1: Well, you know what it would be. You know who would love to hear about it on your podcast is PK. <laughs>
2: Uh, probably not. No? You yeah. don't think so? No. no. I don't think so. No. But our listeners seem to really, really glom onto it. And I appreciate that. It's just that nobody else does. It's all right. I've liked bags. I sound like Frank all of a I sudden. Like, I like sticky like Playing cheese. the role of the victim. You are playing a little
1: victim. <laughs> it is a little victim <laughs> You know? Oh, well, man. I'm kidding. We had a lot of fun with that yesterday. We did have fun with that yesterday. There's no doubt about it. So, big Locke things- doesn't want them. Yeah, Locke very politely declined today. <laughs> Said he, he was declining out of respect for Bowler.
0: It was the most polite left swipe in the history of <laughs> It swiping. was.
1: That is 100% true. Oh, funny stuff. So thanks to Locke. Thanks to Frank. Thanks to uh, Rudy Gobert. Thanks to all of our listeners who who came down and visit us today. We, we can't thank you guys enough. Uh, thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon.
2: Thanks to you, Jake. Uh, and... Uh Of course, thanks to all our listeners, because that's uh, sort of what I do at the end of every show, is I thank our good-hearted listeners for tuning in. I'm glad you do that. That's a good thing. That's a positive.
1: Yeah. Are you doubting yourself now? No. Oh, okay. Are you kidding me? Never. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.